Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Creatives Ignite. Used to be Design Recharge. It's I'm your host. It's me, Diane Gibbs, and I am excited to have my friend Anthony Banks. I saw Anthony years ago when he was doing work with Melinda Lindsay, and it blew me away. And I honestly, I was like, so um, I, I was like, oh, I don't even, would, would he even answer my emails? But then we got to know each other through Mario and through Mindset Reboot and then lots of other things. And then I actually got to meet him in person at Creative South this year. And he's way tall. Oops, sorry. Didn't mean to hit my microphone. He's really tall compared to me. Very tall. Um, but anyway, but it was great to meet you in person. And I'm so excited. But there's two reasons. One, because you're great at visual note taking. And it's about processing the information. You have a heart for people to help them to do this, but you also are just an incredible illustrator. Um, and you, you just launched a course. So there's like three reasons because you're a great illustrator and then you process your notes, visual note taking. And that's what the course is about. And I've watched a little bit. I've, I bought it last week. And so I'm like, oh, I've got to like dive in. I've watched a little bit and it's great. And we're going to get a little a hint here about all these camera angles. So I can't wait for you guys. So Anthony, so sorry for the long intro. Anthony Banks in Lincoln or around Lincoln, Nebraska. Thereabouts. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Tell them a little bit about your backstory. Like you're a designer and then Tell them about that and then how you got into visual note-taking and when that was. Uh, sure. Well, first, thank you so much, Diane. I really appreciate being able to come on and talk to you. Any chance to talk to you is fun. I really enjoy getting to know you. Oh, gosh. Uh, backstory, I'll try to keep it really brief because I do tend to ramble. So I'm going to try to really focus it in. Uh, in school, I talked about high school, not really good or interested in anything else besides drawing. So it's sort of like created my path because I didn't have any other options. Uh, always drawing, um, and but I but it was not very focused. Like I was creative and I, I liked a lot of creative things, but I wasn't really hyper-focused in one way. So I spent a whole lot of time just sort of meandering around. I learned some animation. That's what I went to like a community college to learn. Meanwhile, refining my, my drawing ability. And what's interesting is like right now I'm a designer, but at the time I had no interest in design. Once I figured out that a lot of designers don't draw. And for me, like drawing was like this really important thing. And to hear that there was this discipline when nobody drew, I was like, eh. But then I, over time, as I tried to design and I realized, ooh, not only is this really interesting, but it's really fun and I enjoy it. And you don't have to draw to do it. I just happen to draw and do that. So, um, so that, that's how I came up. My, I would not recommend anyone follow my career path as far as like uh, getting to where I am today. Uh, but I did work my way up from the bottom rung of production art in Corel Draw. So yeah, I mean, just sort of like a, a weird creative career. I was a, a artist assistant for a comic book artist for a while. Uh, that was when I was trying to figure out, do I want to do that? That was an opportunity to figure out I do not want to do that. In California or in in. Um in nebraska were you in in new jersey which is a whole other story because i did move around a lot during like the whole process i was in california new mexico new jersey now i'm in nebraska just sort of like going different places and learning different things and already i'm starting to like lose track of like where i was going with it but uh all that to say through uh you know working my way up from production art um into design and um 
solely developing those skills uh, to the point where I was like a designer in a place. And uh, then I, I read the book Rework uh, by uh, Jason Fried and David Hanmeyer Hansen, which features some illustrations from the amazing Mike Rohde. Is that how yeah, it's pronounced? Mike Rohde, uh-huh. So I was just blown away by these really simple um, illustrations that he did at the beginning of each one of these chapters. I mean, you could tell they were made with a Sharpie. He, they weren't overworked, but they just beautifully encapsulated like the next few pages. And I thought, wow, that's really fascinating. So at the time I was going to a bunch of like meetups, like for UI UX and for design and things like that. And I thought, well, heck, I usually go to these things and I take notes. And it was about this time I was realizing that the way that I take notes was not very good because I would write a lot of notes, but I wouldn't remember very much. So it just felt like this very fruitless process. So I thought, hey, you know what? I'm going to do what this guy does. I'm going to take my sketchbook. I'm going to just in, my, in, the, in the corner, just go and letter some stuff and sketch some stuff and see if I can capture the idea from the talk. And it was amazing. So like from that day, I've been hooked on. So how long notes. ago was that? That's been about seven, eight years ago. Okay, so so then, but you also have practiced this. Like you did, you would watch TED Talks or you would, um, when you would learn something, you were, you know, watching a video on YouTube or something. That was like a way that you practiced it. It wasn't like you just did it when you went to conferences or you just did it when you went to these meetups, right? Sure. Well, because I mean, I because I'm a lifelong learner, I would say that's the one thing that interests me a lot. So I'm either watching videos or reading books or going to workshops or conferences. I mean, I'm kind of out learning all the time and always taking notes. And so this was just an opportunity, whether it was out live at an event or if it was in my office or the couch, like listening to like an audio book or something, I would sit and do this. And it just became the way that I would take notes uh, rather than the the way that I was doing it previously, previously that a lot of people do it is just to like write frantically to try to keep up with the speaker and just end up with pages and pages of notes that don't look like anything once your hand starts to get tired and then, then for nothing. So. Well, I think it's great. And I, I, I didn't even think about books like, um, or cause I also listen, um, but it could be, it's a, it's a way to, what I've found with sketch noting or n- visual note taking is that you do um, retain the information. Can and that's one of the things that they prove. Any actually any notes, but if you're just trying to write every word, that's dictation. That's mm-hmm. not um, note taking, right? That's not that's um, it's that's not something that's going to help you retain the information. So, if you had known this as a kid, do you think that high school would have been as difficult. And I'm assuming high school was difficult. It maybe it wasn't difficult. Well, I I think it probably would have been easier because the thing that I enjoy about like the the sketch noting, the visual note taking is that it's like play. Like you get the sketch, you get the letter, um, you're listening for for the information, but it's adding some element of play to it. Because if, if the entire process, if the, the the information is kind of stale and you're not super interested in it, the process that you have of like writing it down and documenting it is kind of mundane and boring, then you, there's all this, all these obstacles, especially if you have like a, a brain that like needs some something, some shiny object to like latch onto it and make it interesting. So now like just, just the act of visual note-taking is enough play that it, almost doesn't matter what what the material is because you have this thing that makes it all fun, which is 
what eventually led me to start doing this for other people because I would learn what they were interested in or what the people they work with were interested in and translate that into uh, illustrations or visual notes. Um, it, but it was an opportunity to learn their stuff. But I mean, it, the, the stuff that they were working on could be totally boring uh, left to its own devices. It could be about biochemistry. Like a dentist, I mean, yeah, I mean, anything, but if you're then sketching and making cool letters and like trying to tell interesting little stories and illustration, uh, then it really makes anything fun. I've yet to find something that cannot be made fun uh, with visual note taking. So that would have helped. And so that's one of the reasons that you made the course, which we're going to get into in a second. So um, how long do you think it took? So you went to that um, creative mornings or, or the meetup. I don't Mm -hmm. remember if it was creative mornings. Um, and how long did it take before? Was it that one visit that you, um, was that the first time you tried it from the Mike Rohde you'd learned about it with rework? Mm -hmm. Was that the first time you tried it? Yes, that that was the first time I tried it. And and what made it easy to do is that there were no, there were no stakes. Like I was going to go here, I was going to bring my sketchbook, I was going to do these things. This wasn't for anybody else, but for me. And mm. it was not it was not like I had people looking over my shoulder uh, as I was doing it. So it was a chance to go out and to test this out uh, without any repercussions. Um, and what happened was, was like I was doing this thing and I don't have, I, I, I was looking for that example, but when I look back on it, it's like, ooh. You know, it looks like your first attempt at anything. It's like, yikes. Uh, but of course, I'm also like most creative people, like hypercritical of my own stuff. So I, I did this thing. And for the people in the room who were there, because like, it did catch somebody's eye and then they started sharing it, uh, was that it was such a unique way of interpreting that information that they hadn't seen before. So it almost didn't matter that it was kind of like clunky. They just thought it was so neat because for them, especially because they're like UI, UX designers and they're used to looking at very different things and to see their ideas in this new format they're like whoa it was amazing so i did get a ton of uh, uh positive feedback on it and we get the positive feedback then it just makes it easier to do it the next time and the next time okay so then when was then do you remember when the next time you decided to implement that uh note-taking process like was it another uh, live event or did you go to like the next time you were watching YouTube or listening to a book? It was probably a live event. And I think at this time, I was just really uh, active in going to events. There were a lot of uh, speakers and meetups and things in my town. And I think that was just the way that I would like get out of the house to go do hmm. something because I wanted to learn. It was an excuse to go out amongst people. Uh, and so I did it probably under what some people might think are like the most challenging circumstances, which are, which is a live event where there is no pause button. There is no, yeah, uh, you can't stop reading. So like the information comes and it goes. And if you caught it, great. If you didn't catch it, well, that's too bad. But at the same time, that was also kind of freeing because then um, I could just go and I wasn't too hung up on, ooh, did I make sure that I get everything? And Mm. it's like, no, just do it learn uh from that time and maybe take your learnings and apply it the next time that you do it but i wasn't like i said because it wasn't for anyone else but for myself and it wasn't like the information at the time i was receiving was critical it wasn't like a client thing where i'm sitting in a meeting and i need to get everything everything else which i would say now down the road i can do it i can do that like i can listen to stuff where it is critical that i get all the stuff but as far as like the first steps it's really nice when 
it's just a, a trial and error and to learn by doing. It's just play. It was there, there was no yeah. stakes. You were just playing. And I, I think that it's hard to come. And Paul and I were talking about we're texting back and forth about this today, that it's hard. I'm finding it hard to if I wanted to draw or do a piece of art. I have so much because in in design, I'm a professional. I've been a professional for over 25 years. So my expectations are really high. My vision for what I want it to look like is high. And I really have a hard time playing or giving myself the freedom to just like make a mess or to do something. So it's really nice. I like that the stakes are low. And I do think that there's something about accountability. So maybe with the live event, there's still a little bit like the people around you may have seen it and you needed the encouragement. I need the encouragement. So I might share something that I do with a few people. Not that I think it's groundbreaking, right? Again, I understand, but it's also... um it's important to like take a picture of progress. I know Van's here. She takes pictures of like things that she's doing um, as she's making it. Um, when you were, so was this becoming like a weekly activity that you would do? Or did you like, did you, when did you start bringing it into stuff at work? Oh, um, like how you took notes at work for either something you were learning or something like a client thing. Uh, well, it was probably not too long after. Like I was going to probably two events a week. So let's say that it, at first I was maybe doing it a couple times a week, but I was enjoying the process. So um, anytime I was learning, I was using this to 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 make my notes. And oh, I'll, so I'll never forget though the first time that I use it in a work environment. Um, I had just started this job as a new designer. Uh, the team was going to Connecticut to some sort of like group training. And I had just met my boss, so she she barely knew me. And I told her, hey, we're going into like this two-day intensive training thing. I take notes this certain way. I'm not going to be looking at the speaker. I'm going to be looking down. I'm going to be sketching and doing all kinds of things that maybe you haven't seen before. I just want you to know that I am paying attention and I am taking notes, but just a heads up because I didn't I didn't know how it would be interpreted. Right. That's, that's exactly, great. Yeah. That was that was really smart, though, because she could have been like, what is this guy? He's not even paying attention. Mm-hmm. Right. That was a really good heads up. Have you always been a good communicator like that? Uh, well, I, I, I think uh, working with clients has helped me. Mm-hmm. It's a skill that I developed. Right. So what I found is that the more heads up you can give somebody, then when they see something that might be unexpected, they they already anticipate it and they've and they know that it's a, that's the way it's supposed to be. I think it's when you surprise people that you you open up the door to like you know knee jerk reactions and like oh my gosh what is it doing? It's like I'm like no it's this is this is going to happen. You're probably going to feel this way about it, but I just want you to know that X Y and Z is all taken care of. So you just address their concerns up front, and then they're just way more receptive. So it, it worked in this case. It works with like my my client work whenever I talk about the process because anytime you can anticipate when there's usually some kind of friction or confusion or something, then they, they just feel much, much more at ease having been given a, a heads up. That's awesome. Okay. So um, I, I love that Paul also said sketch notes are much better than just taking notes, right? Uh, just taking every word, trying to memorize um, because you have to um, 
you have to you have the you have to process what they're saying and putting it into some sort of concept or picture, which I think is yep. great. Um, and uh, Paul said, great comment on communication, Anthony. Okay, so how at the, uh, when you went to that conference or the the training in Connecticut with your boss, did did she was she like Anthony? I want to see those notes. Yeah, well, because so what was so interesting is like this is my first time meeting all these people. I'm sort of the weirdo who's like looking down with a giant sketchbook in my sharpies, just like writing and, and listening. And because it was like a two day event, before long, some people would like go to get coffee and they would peek over my shoulder. And by the end of that first day, like it was sort of like the buzz. I was like, yeah, this guy is over here and he's taking these cool notes. And, and so, and, and then the response that I got too was that I understand your notes better than my notes. Like these people had all been frantically writing down stuff mm-hmm. and I was, uh, they, they would just take, get, take a glance and like, Ooh, that's amazing. So then the person who was doing a lot of the training noticed and says, Hey, like, can you go ahead and send that to me? Because we want to use that to help, uh, promote this training for other people, because this was just a really cool way to taking all, to take all this information and to, to show it to people rather than trying to like write a long post about it and to uh, explain it some other way. So did, again, it was a lot of great feedback. Did you see that it was valuable as something you could charge for or something that you, at that point when somebody was like, oh, we'd like to use this as promo. I mean, did you get a uh, fee for that one? Well, no, because I was there to learn. Like I was yeah. just, uh, but uh, the same job probably about three months later um there was a uh, event that the chamber of commerce put on um in omaha and there were going to be a lot of great speakers there like seth godin was there and there were a few others that were like awesome so so uh, in omaha not lincoln right in omaha in omaha yeah. okay sorry i said you were in lincoln oh, earlier that's okay because I, I was i have been in lincoln <laughs> uh but i so i went to this event and i'm i'm sitting there i'm taking my notes uh, but this time what I wanted to try to do is because this was an event and an event has a hashtag. And so they're saying, hey, post your pictures and your thoughts and everything. Use the hashtag because there's somebody on social media managing all that stuff. And so as I was taking notes, I was after each talk taking a picture of my notes and then posting it with the hashtag. And then suddenly my notes just like spread out because people were paying attention to the hashtag for this very limited amount of time. And so uh what happened there was there were like a lot of different tracks and i ended up going you had like go see one speaker rather than another speaker you yeah make some choices and one of the speakers there used to be a like the head of training at disney and i didn't go to his talk just because it wasn't about something that i was interested in even though i thought it was cool he was at disney uh so then uh he saw that this was happening with the hashtags and then uh, he reached out to me uh, like a day later. He says, hey, I'm working on this this training course. I think it was a course and a book. And I saw what you did with all these other speakers. And would you be interested in doing that for me? And that became my first paid uh, visual note gig. Like, it wasn't a live thing. Like He would give me the material, but I still had to interpret it and turn it in, into material for his book and course. And that, that was my first step. That is awesome. And so as somebody who uh, I struggled in school, like I was the, I was trying to memorize and, you know, I can only imagine that this, they wanted how you saw it 
I mean, you were doing sketch noting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that part was cool. And that's your, but it's like, they actually also liked how you interpreted their thing, mm-hmm. right? Like that, that's, that's really cool. Okay. Okay. So, so how many years into doing this did that happen? Maybe two. Okay. So, so not, so you, that was you doing lots, you went to Connecticut, people saw you were seeing, you were going to the chamber of commerce thing. They saw that you didn't go to that guy's talk, but he liked it so much. So then you saw that there were these other opportunities. And then what, when did you and Melinda get together? Cause you guys did like a 30 day thing or maybe mm-hmm. it was longer. Okay. Yeah, so uh, Melinda, I, and, and you at some point, uh, we were all in the, the Future Pro group with Chris Doe. And there was, a, what, it's nice when you get assignments in these groups. Sometimes yes. it's an, an excuse and some focus to like do something. And so we had a 30-day challenge. And the challenge was you can either make a thing a day for 30 days, or you can make one big thing. And I first paired up with Melinda to make one big thing in 30 days. So we ended up collaborating and we made like this, this box that where I got to do some lettering and stuff. So, uh, but anyway, it was like just a really great opportunity to get acquainted and to collaborate on something. And we enjoyed working with each other so much. It was a lot of fun. So then as Melinda was building up her, her own, um, courses and coaching and community and all these different things, um, she reached out to me and said, hey, would you be interested in collaborating again on on some social posts? Like I've got some key takeaways that I think people would be interested in hearing about, but can we uh, collaborate? And I want to see how you would like visually interpret uh, some of these uh, some of these things. And so it turned into a, a 30-ish day um, Instagram, LinkedIn uh, collaboration where we would post just about every day. And I would make a little illustration based on a little insight that that Melinda had. And it got a a ton of traction. Um, I'd say that I probably owe 80% of my Instagram followers just to that that 30-day activity. And But it was a lot of fun. But again, it was just another opportunity to uh, take ideas and just to translate them into something with like words and images and... uh, and at some point, we should probably show people what we're even talking about. We do. We absolutely. I, I don't want to make any assumptions so, that anyone knows what I'm talking and about. And so, so this could be in. So I think the ones that you did with Melinda, I can't remember. You might be able to show us, but there, there's. You have actually still do both. You do by hand, and then you also mm-hmm. do on iPad. So if you yes. want to show us stuff, I can ask you some more questions as you keep showing. So oh, how sure. how were you measuring your progress when you were like? Um, before the two years, before you got that first job, was was there something you were doing or was it just like, oh, I've done this for 30 days. I've done this for two years. I've done this for. Oh, gosh. Well, I, I think the, the first way that I would measure results was just um, getting comfortable with the mm. idea of not writing everything down. That's mm. definitely the first most painful hurdle because you feel like you get the FOMO really bad oh, if you're yeah. not writing everything down, even though you know you're going to forget it and you're going to write it down in a way that you won't even be able to read it probably later, but you still get the FOMO. So it was getting over that piece. And then like I remember my first note, I had the title of what the talk was. I had a couple sketches. 
I had some lettered things. Um, it was kind of just floating in the middle of the page. So basically I hadn't been able to record a lot mm. in the time, but, but there was no, there were no repercussions. So it was fine. But then as I started progressing, um, I was able to sketch more, uh, write more, uh, fill the page more in a more meaningful way. Because again, like it's that design background and the illustration where you're thinking about like page layout and stuff. So I could kind of anticipate the speaker a bit and I could start to organize information on the page so that by the end of the talk, I had like a full page of information. Um, and it was, it just sort of like worked out exactly right. And sometimes you would make mistakes, but I was like, ah, oh, no big deal. But it was just uh, being able to write more and more or like, not, I don't want to say more and more as in a lot, but I was able to document more of what I wanted to document in as much depth as I wanted to document it. I had more time to refine some of the sketches because that's the illustration piece. Like to sketch isn't necessarily like a drawing exercise. Like you don't have to be like an artiste to, to do it. You're just trying to like translate ideas onto paper into, into simple sketches, but I was able to then like make those nicer so that by the end of this, it could be like a 30 minute talk or an hour talk or whatever. I had something that was basically ready to go. And if I wanted to refine it later on, like in Photoshop or something, fine, but I didn't have to because it was, it was basically all, all good to go. But before you did the next one or before you went to the next meetup or something, you were looking at it and being like, oh, I see that it's just floating. Next time I'm going to try this. So you were seeing where you can improve or where mm -hmm. it didn't, where it fell short. And then you were the next time you were trying something else. So I love that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Show us. Um, and, and how do you prefer to work paper or digital or how do you decide which medium goes what, what way? Oh, so I, I mean, I love both and I love them both for, for very different reasons. Um, I love uh, pen and paper because of the constraints. Like if I make a mistake in pen, then I've made a mistake in pen and I have to move on. Like there's no undo. There's no, uh, yeah. You, like you just have to like keep going and embrace your mistakes. Mm -hmm. uh, and but like uh, these, like these are, this is um, maybe this is last, yeah. And, but this is maybe last year at uh, Mindset Reboot, maybe. Yeah. Let's go, let's go back to some old stuff. How about that? Yeah. That would be great. Cause I, cause to me, like you, you figured out how to do these headlines. Right. And so yeah. if we're just starting, it is nice to see that there's progression. Like yeah. you get better as you go. Right. Yeah. So yeah, these these are like some some like the the early examples, and you can tell there's a whole lot of lettering, a little bit less uh, sketching. Uh, but I'm I'm learning ways to play with the layout and how to to organize the page, um, and how to anticipate the speaker a little bit. Which mm -hmm. so part of the like the whole uh, visual note taking process, especially for like a lot, doing it live, is being able to um, anticipate the speaker so that you can like maybe plan the layout of your page you can uh listen for fluff like uh, fluff is that mm. stuff but it's either like jokes to kind of like get the audience in a good mood or it's information that's not relevant to you or all these different things because if you once you learn to start listening to cut out the fluff then you have so much more flexibility and yeah. liberty to do stuff um but you, but it's like learning that skill to to, to be able to listen for that um, and to sometimes borrow 
some of the, the, the visuals and the metaphors that the speaker just gives you. Because sometimes they'll use metaphors. It's like, hey, great. I don't have to think of my own. Wait, wait, go People back. you giving me a beautiful one. Go huh? back for a second. So you went from vertical to now horizontal. Mm -hmm. So yep. when, when was that? Or was that like, oh, I just do that when for the output because like the one before was aim seven with eric and so mm -hmm. he probably was like i'm going to use this in instagram or something and you he needed a vertical or a story or something mm -hmm. right and so yep. then when did you do you tend to work vertically i didn't even ask you that on the sheet of paper but like how oh, do you determine when to do vertically or when to do horizontally well, I mean, we're entering the, the vertical era now. That's where we are. Uh, so when I first started, it was um, like 1920 by 1080 HD. Um, because of Instagram, I spent a whole lot of time making square stuff. And now it's it's in that uh, uh, Instagram portrait style or like the the like the 1080 by 1920 mm -hmm. vertical. So you're you're having to play around a bit with all those different uh, formats, which is fun. You know, it's because I think um, I got some really great advice from Christo, like when I first was working on these and uh, he he saw them and I, I we, we did some together like a little bit. And he said, you need, I mean, it's great that you make these things like um, they're square and they're on the screen. It's like, but you should think about different ways that they could be used as far as like, like wall graphics and wraps or truck wraps or like, murals like what are all the different ways that you can take this and use it in different ways besides something that like fits on a sheet of paper and that was brilliant because um then that's just more use cases for people and i think what's been helpful for me to understand is that people rely on me and people like me for our imagination and to help them see potential and things that they just overlook like a like a big wall or like the way that their trucks are and all these different things and so you have to show them you can't wait for the perfect client brief to show up you have to say hey here's a cool application of what i do that like they haven't even thought of then suddenly people see it and they're like oh i would have never never thought of that please come do that for me and so uh, whether it's the, the dimensions changing all over the place or like being able to add motion to things or being able to put things out in like the physical world and let people experience them that way. Um, just always looking for new ways to to share the, the notes. Okay. I love that. So, but this wasn't just it. So when in this journey that you're doing this processing that you were like, you know what, this is helping me learn and retain I want to make a course that's going to help other people mm -hmm. be able to do this. And then in the beginning, were you thinking it would just be other designers or illustrators or were you like, oh, this is going to be great for my nephew or my kids or. Uh, sure. So um, once people started, like once I started sharing this stuff on like uh, social media and even like my friends and family, they would see and they'd be interested in it. Um, a lot of times it would just turn into like a one-on-one -on -one demo or like doing some questions or like walking people through things. Um, so there, that started to happen more and more often. And, you know, I'm only one person. So it was, it was kind of like time consuming, right? To like have this conversation and have these demos one by one by one uh, so many times. And so it was around that time that I thought I probably need to find some way to, I need to find some way to point people towards 
the, the information that they want. Like, like the same way that you would write an article. It's like, hey, you want this information? Let me write an article. Let me put it online. You have questions? Great. It's out there for everybody to, to use. And it doesn't require me to physically be there to convey the information. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was about that time I was thinking, huh, I want to do this. And that was about three years ago, which is embarrassing that, that I was thinking about having this idea uh, three years ago. Why? And, Why would that be embarrassing? That's great that you well, had it. Well, it's, in- it's great that I had the idea three years ago, but why is it now three years later and I've only just launched the course? I think but, that's... But that's now you have that- a story of overcoming, right? That you yes. didn't. So that is the great part of that it took you three years. And now mm-hmm. you can tell this story so that somebody else doesn't have this same three-year yep. thing. So, But you've overcome because you... So it doesn't matter how long it took. I really don't think, I think that's great. It shouldn't be embarrassing. Like, oh my gosh, took me three years to write, hike the Grand Canyon. Like nobody would be like, oh, why couldn't you do it in two days, right? They would be like, oh my gosh, that's great. Like, mm-hmm. right? There's always things that we're going through. This is true. This is, and, and you're right. I mean, it was it was a, a big accomplishment for me just to be able to do it and to like force myself to sit down and do it because uh, like a lot of personal projects, it's it's it was nobody else's priority but mine. There was no deadlines. There was nobody else holding me accountable, which is probably a big reason why it didn't happen for a long time. And whether it was like a family stuff or work stuff or freelance stuff, I mean, it was so far down the chain of of things that I would like opt to do because uh, because it was uh, it, it was new, it was uncomfortable, and oh. making myself do something uncomfortable was not very appealing. Like I would rather do just about anything else besides something that makes me uncomfortable or at least, you know, but th- that's where you grow and that's where you can make great things happen. But uh, it took me a long time to, to get there. Yeah. You got to sit in that. Uh, you yeah. got to go to it regularly. So it could be that you were like, you had a really good um, learning curve for t- doing the sketch noting mm-hmm. and you got really good pretty quickly. And then you had a lot of success. And then this is like, oh, this is going to take longer and this is mm-hmm. harder. And it, oh, it just feels it is. So for me, it's really encouraging because I, this is exactly what I need to hear. So I'm really glad it took you three years because <laughs> whatever you are going to, whatever it happened that you were able to figure out some ways. Now, the next time you want to do something, you have these things in place. So I'm going to ask you some of these. So, um, so in creating a course, and if you have something else you want to share, just tell me and we can go back to your other screen and do whatever. Mm -hmm. But when you were brainstorming about like, Oh, like, so you, people were coming to you and you were doing these like one-off tutorials did you, were you like, okay, that's what I'm going to cover? Or did you think, oh, I'm going to cover this and this and this and this, and then you would have another idea? And like, what was the brainstorming and how did you decide the scope for this course? Because I know really it could be like, this is course one and then this is course two. Or you could say, okay, well, I'm going to cover this in this mm-hmm. course. How did you decide? Uh, well, the I guess the first thing was is I just did a big brain dump like onto like a Google Doc. What is everything I I know and have learned about this? And then once it's all that, it's like on the page. Then it's like trying to like shove it into different piles where it, it's sort of you know this this is related to this, this is related to this. 
So then I just had piles of information or like lists. This mm -hmm. is about hand lettering. This is about active listening. This is about sketching. Here's here's about the mindset of visual note taking. Like all these different things. Here's the materials. Just kind of taking it, put it all in the, in its respective buckets. Then uh, figuring out like what kind of course I wanted to make. So you have to answer certain questions like who is this for? Uh, what what like what do they care about? What are their challenges? What is what kind of transformation would they want to achieve? What kind of help transformation can you help them achieve? And it starts to add useful constraints because then it's suddenly not a thing that's for everybody that talks about everything. It's like no, we start to narrow it down. Uh, you had asked earlier, like who did I think this course was for? And um, it was really aimed at people like myself who identify as lifelong learners who have struggled with things like retention mm. um, and taking the information that they, you spend a lot of money, I spend a lot of money on information. It's either going to courses, yeah. workshops, books, training. I mean, there, you spend a lot of money with the, with the hope that that then helps you achieve the transformation that you want to achieve. But then if the way that we learn is not as great, not so great, then there, then we just don't really get the full benefit of that information. So it was really aimed at people who identify as lifelong learners. They, they're not super satisfied with the way that they, what they currently learn and the way that they currently take notes. And they want to be able to improve stuff like retention, uh, whether that's for, uh, for the short term or the long term. That's the big difference here. Um, and to be able to then use that information to do something else, but just to fundamentally change the way that they learn. Um, and now because it includes things like sketching and hand lettering, it does appeal more to people who are interested in these things or they're, they're less intimidated by these things. Like the, the skills that I, I teach, or at least in this beginning course, uh, it's designed in such a way where you don't have to be uh, an artist or a designer. I mean, it's not an art class or a design class. It's, there's elements of that, but when I look at what my, my children, like my young school-aged children are drawing with colored pencils and crayons, they have achieved the, the level of drawing ability you need to use visual note-taking. Uh, so, uh, but, I, but I do understand that the people who are most attracted to the idea of like sketching and hand lettering to learn stuff are designers, artists, uh, just because it's fun. It's way yeah. more fun. Okay. So, um, all right. So you did a brain dump, you put into piles, then how did you decide which pile you were going to do for this course? Uh, so what I, what I did, cause I mean, there was a lot, there were, there were things in these piles that could be courses on their own, but I realized that after looking at everything and I didn't want to create a 47 hour course built of like a hundred modules that would take me six years to make. It's like, I, I don't, I, I can barely get the, the one done. So let's just try to keep it simple. So what I thought about was uh, making like a visual note-taking survival kit, basically. Like if you were in a desert island and you needed just enough visual notes to survive until help came, what are the skills that you would need? And so it was taking those fundamental skills and not making too much, of, too many assumptions about what people will find interesting. Some people might like the sketching piece. Some people might like the hand lettering piece, all these different things. But I didn't want to make too many assumptions and then like over teach things that people would find boring. So I pared it down with to the core topics with enough. So that, but that would also give me enough time to uh, 
show examples and to like do assignments along with students and to really cover the, the basics well without have without worrying about okay i'm going to cover a whole bunch of stuff really superficially it's like i'm going to cover the core stuff really deep and then if there's any interest after that then i'm going to hear about it from from the students and then either i can uh, update the course or i can spin off a new course but it was just what do i think uh, anyone interested in visual note taking should know uh, so that day one they can start putting into practice okay so i know how long it takes if i'm recording a video holy mm -hmm. moly right thank goodness these are live because i would probably uh overthink all these right and be like oh man i said the wrong thing or i had to <laughs> blow my nose or whatever right all right so there's these different processes mm -hmm. you have an outline for the course did you make a script yes word yes. by word so, script um i well so uh yes however um what i figured out pretty quickly is that the the closer i well the way that i write is different than the way that i speak Mm -hmm. So what I needed to do then as I was scripting would be to script the way that I would speak. So the first thing I did is I, I put in my ear, my ear pods, ear pods, whatever. Um, and I did some speech and text uh, using like notepad. So it was like, as I, I needed to get certain information across and, and then I would just say it out loud. And then the software would just, do, 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 it would document it. And so it wasn't like, cause I think what happened is like you write something that you would never say you would never right. speak like oh, that yeah. and then you right. need to try and then it's really uncomfortable and awkward and it doesn't feel good so i would say stuff it would i would get it down and then i would refine what i had said and i would say it again and even then i would have to do like multiple takes uh to get it right but i just tried to make it like simple accessible speech um and yeah Yes. Okay. Um, so then you also have these different camera angles, right? Mm -hmm. So you have, you want to show them you're over the top. Oh, sure. So I got, I got this camera angle. And so basically this is where the, the whole course took place. It was all in this area. So I've got uh, my, my thing where I control my cameras over here and I've got a camera there and a camera there and a camera up there. And I got a little monitor to show what's on my cameras there. And I got a, a screen from my computer right there. And I got an audio thing right there. So I got a bunch of stuff. Here. So this is where I would sit for, for hours and hours. And then your iPad is right there also. So you have. And then, yeah. So then I got my iPad right there to, to, to do whatever. And right. uh, yeah. So this is where I would sit for, for hours and hours to, to, to get the course made. Okay. Um, Does somebody have to have all that to make a course? No. No. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because I, I feel like it was getting all this gear was one of the, the, one of the ways that I was procrastinating. Uh, it was a very expensive way to procrastinate because if I kept telling myself, Oh, if I get this camera, then I'll be able to do this. If I get that camera, I'll be able to do that. Meanwhile, it finally got to the point where I had no more excuses. It's like, hmm. you can't make any more excuses. There's literally no more gear that you can buy that will allow you to say that you don't have everything you need. And then once that switch flipped, it's like, oh, I've been putting this off the whole time. I've had everything I've needed the whole time. My my phone takes great video. Uh, the, the AirPods, the, the audio was fine enough. So it was just kind of getting over that piece and but then just realizing that it, it was never the gear 
it was you this whole time. And now you stop spending money. Just, just shoot the course. Okay. So, so Mario calls that me and you both have worked with Mario. So um, I know he calls that prep procrastination. Have you ever heard him talk about that? Yes. Yeah. Prep procrastination, procrastinate working. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's all these clever ways that we have of feeling like trying to convince ourselves that we're being productive, but really we're just procrastinating and not doing the thing that, that we, that's uncomfortable. So then, so you, what was a, besides like realizing you didn't need anything else and Amy says that the, but it really ups the um, production quality and gives a more professional look for sure. And Paul called it tech procrastination, right? <laughs> yes. So, absolutely. so, but um, what else, like, what was that? Is it that perfectionism? Is it because we're designers and we're like, oh, but I got to, I know, oh, then the audio, right? Like, you're just like, you're, you're being really negative inside yourself because it's never going to be because you're not a professional recorder or whatever. Sorry, my, my, my cat and my kid just tried to oh. come in. No worries. We've had all uh, kinds of things happen. Right. In the past. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I mean, any designer or creative person can wholly understand this is that we are our own worst clients. We are the perfectionism like flares up. I mean, it's like a, it's like a, a, a disease that you like have. Hives. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. And so when you're working on other people's stuff, you've got a timeline, you've got a budget, you have like limited interest usually. So you're like, oh, I'm just going to get it done to a certain level and call it good. But when it's your own stuff, that's the reason why, I mean, I wonder on average how many unfinished website designs for their own portfolio sites most designers have. Probably a dozen at any given time that just never quite made it. Um, and when you're talking about branding yourself, ooh, that's that's such a terrible exercise because it's you're always second guessing, you're always, you know, uncertain and it always has to be perfect that's the thing too because this has to encapsulate me meanwhile you've branded a dozen people and their stuff looks good and they're using it so the 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 perfectionism uh definitely played a role because you look at they, they say like don't compare your today to like somebody else's you know whatever you know the people who are like the the, the creme de la creme and you like so for example this example, like I look at courses that were like well produced, and I'm like, wow, that's that's so great, and I want to be able to achieve that. But what I realize is that behind the camera, there's a there's a crew, yeah. there's a production crew, there's a literal production crew that's like operating multiple cameras, and and the the person conveying the information is basically that's their only job is to do that. So it was, you know, setting unrealistic expectations and the perfectionism. And so it just makes everything take forever and it's painful. Um, so what but, helped you get over some of that? Was it accountability or was it just like you started doing something else when you got in that hole that you moved your body or what? Was there anything, any tips? Uh, well, that's an easy one. So uh, I started uh, working with Mario Kizada about a year ago uh, for coaching because I realized that there were so many of these things that I wanted to do, but there was some obstacle that was in the way of like me doing it. And because there was nobody else there to really hold me accountable, these things just weren't getting done. So mm. after having this relationship with Mario for a while and finally he's like, Hey, what's, 
let's give you some some BHAGs, some big, hairy, audacious goals. Like, what are some things that you've always wanted to do that you just have never done? And the course was one of them. And having him there to provide some accountability and to also help me see when I was like trying to uh, procrastinate work or whatever, all these different things. When I was basically making excuses, even though it didn't feel like it, he would just, you know, in a very caring way, but very insightful, he would ask me more questions about, well, why? Really? And he would just, and then he would help me see each time that I would come to like some kind of like mental barrier to like moving forward, he would help me see it for what it was and then like move through it. And then to help me also develop the habits that I needed to just slowly work my way through things and to um, not get bogged down in, in instant gratification or need to see giant results. It's like, nope, I just want to make sure that you're making steady progress each and every day, no matter how modest it is. Um, and so through that process, I was able to just like sit down at this desk uh, day after day after day after day, just to like, whether it was 10 minutes or an hour, whenever I had time to like, just sl slowly grind my way through the process. And as I started to do it, it got easier. So then it wasn't this huge weight that I was like having to like try to carry every time it was time to work on the course. It was like, oh, I just, I sit down and it would just, uh, it became more familiar. And as it became mm. more familiar, it became more comfortable. And then now, like if you ask me to sit down and shoot a course, I'd be like, yeah, no big, big deal because I had to learn the habits just through daily effort to, to, to do that. So was making it a priority something that was a struggle because that's what I tend to be like, oh, I got to do this client thing. Or, you know what? I could really clean the bathroom. You know, it really, I need to clean the bathroom. That's a priority, right? Was yeah. prioritization at all in your struggle or is that just me? Well, I'd say it yes with an asterisk because <laughs> you're not going to clean the bathroom. <laughs> well, no, because it's an excuse, right? Like really anytime there's mm. something that I don't like to do, there's a, when I do it, there's a good chance I get, I do it because I'm trying to not do something else. So the, the, the laundry doesn't look appealing until it's time to go mm. uh, weed in the garden <laughs> in, in like August, you know? And so you just need a task that is even less desirable Worse, than yeah. the one to, to make that one appealing. I mean, so, I mean, I think like most people, like I've got a family, I've got a job, I've got freelance clients, I've got sometimes just the ability, the, the desire to go out and like not be sitting at a desk and working on stuff. So there's all these different things that I, that are high priorities in my life and the things that are, that you're only accountable to. It's not like there's, there's no repercussion for not doing them except for sort of like that dull ache in the back of your head where you're like, Another another week, I didn't do anything. Another mm -hmm. year or three years that I have been talking about this course, and now people are starting to ask me about it, or they've stopped asking me about it because they basically they're like, "This guy's never going to make this thing." He just talks about it all the time. So that was always sitting in the back of my mind, and yeah, there's there's always an excuse. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that's that's the big takeaway. Like any any excuse, I, I, I heard the expression once, and that's uh, excuses are lies, and that really hit home with me because when I think about it, most excuses are, they're just lies that we tell ourselves. So we don't feel so bad about not, not doing certain things. Yeah. I've been listening to this. I just finished it yesterday when I was mowing and now I love to mow. So it's like a joy. Um, John Acuff's soundtracks. Have you ever read that book mm -mm. or listened to it? It's great listening. Um, 
anyway, he talks about the these soundtracks that we play, these lies that we tend to tell ourselves, right? You're never going to make this course. It's taken you three years, Anthony. Oh, my goodness. Right? Like, uh, yeah. and it just becomes so weighty. Nobody cares. They did care. And now I've totally disappointed them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but no, they're still waiting. They're still waiting for you and your course. Okay, but that's not the end of a course. Like, getting it on Teachable Mm-hmm. isn't the end it's just no. really the beginning did you yes. realize that there were th- so it's making brainstorming making mm-hmm. the outline making the script uh, creating the art doing the examples recording it editing it and then there's launching and te- teasing and then mm-hmm. and this is your first course correct yep this is my first one okay so so how like some you feel like you've accomplished all this and now you have to launch it sometimes i can imagine with people and doing this that can honestly they felt like they were at the end of the marathon but they'd really only gone 5k you know they'd really Mm -hmm. only gone three and a half miles or whatever 5k is right and and not only that but it's the most uh familiar uh part of the marathon right because as a designer creator like this is what i do this is like my wheelhouse and now it's like usually at this point i would pass stuff off to the marketer like okay i made the thing now you promote the thing and so i but i don't get to do that this time it's like hey i also have to market it and promote it and i don't get to hand it off which is you know in it's sort of a relief right when you work on something get to hand it off and move on to other things it's like nope it, it just started. Now you finally have a product to to go out there and talk about. So, so then that's mar- where I'm at now. Marketing can be, um, it feels to me at least like, oh my gosh, this is what they, this is all they think I talk about. I'm just pushing <laughs> p- like a drug uh, dealer, just pushing it, pushing it, right? It can feel like that. But I'm telling you, and we've had this conversation. I was like, oh, I hadn't seen that. And you're like, you hadn't, you didn't say that, but it, you know, like you, this is all face, I've been talking the about. On my face. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but it's really important to have like some sort of system and you can look at other people and how they've mm-hmm. launched a course or a book or, or whatever they're, you know, this thing that they're doing. And but it is really important for you to continually say that, but it can be really hard on us to do that for ourselves. Was that at mm-hmm. all a struggle for you or has that been a struggle for you? Um, yes. Um, I think it just being as overt about the, about the promoting the course thing. So for example, um, I've chosen to do, you know, social media promotion, probably leaning mostly on Instagram for that. And what I've started doing is like in my posts, I, I put like a little blurb in there about the course. However, after talking to you and like hearing your surprise that I even had a course, it was like, well, duh, Instagram is a, is a visual medium. So unless I'm showing somebody something about the course and like talking about the course, the chances that they're going to make their way down into like the third paragraph of my description I mean, you're kind of asking too much of people. So it's uh, it's now what I need to need to do is just to be more um, consistent about putting it out there, being more comfortable 
with that that piece where I am making an ask, but uh, but it reminds me of that book um, by Gary V. Uh, jab jab right hook, mm-hmm. and basically the the that that book can be summed down into um, it's okay to ask, like join my course, sign up for this, buy that, but then the that's the right hook. But the jab is like give them value, give to give give give, give. So that way, when you do ask every once in a while, it's not weird. If it's just all ask, right. then that's obnoxious. And, and I, I think just naturally, I would never do that because I would just feel so oogie about it. Like I feel um, obligated. Like, let me just rain value down in every way that I possibly can so that I feel comfortable when it does come time to like, even mention this thing that I have this thing that's for sale, that people are like, oh, cool. At the very least, they're like, okay, great. It's not for me. I'll move on. But hey, thanks for letting me know about it. But you're not bombarding them. So I just need to be better about making it more visible um, than I have. Uh, because now I am switching gears to, to the marketing piece and the promotion. And I just need to be better about doing that consistently. But I'm trying. I'm, uh, I'm uh, jumping in the Instagram Reels train, trying to, to be more active there and hit that like every day, every other day. Um, and just slowly but surely figuring it out. But but the whole time, like whenever I was making the course, I realized that there was so much work to do that first I'm going to make the thing and then I'm going to switch gears to promoting the thing rather than trying to do both at the same time. Because they say, and it's probably a good practice, especially if you have a, a small team even, that there's some uh, teasing going on and there's some promotion going on and there's some launching going on. And there's, there's all these activities happening at the same time. But when you're like a one-person show, it's like, well, I, I need to finish the thing that I'm trying to promote before I can, before I have the time even to, to promote it. And once, but once I have it, then if, if it, maybe it's not a huge launch, but at least I have something that as I start to like figure out how to promote it the way that I want to, then the, then the course is already there. So. Yeah. All right. So ways that people I've shared it in the chat, and it will be below. It'll be at the top of the YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, it'll be um, at the, um, if you're on design or rechargingyou.com, it's at, at the bottom. If you're on, if you're listening on uh, wherever you get your podcast, it's at the top as well. So noticed, N-O-T-I-S-T, academy.com. That That's is right. um, where you want to go. And you can follow. Yes. Awesome. Let me sh- make me not on the screen. Um, and you can also follow Anthony on Instagram at A-R-G Banks, B-A-N-K-S on Instagram. And that link's there too. So um, we're going to um, slam these last questions because I want to make sure that uh, we do it. So you will be in this launch and give jab, jab, right hook kind of stuff for, for a while. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you have, um, and the course is very affordable. Like I was expecting it to be more. So I'm very, I was excited and I am excited. It's not super long, but it's not short. Um, I feel like it was a really good deal for my money, to be honest. And I can't wait to jump in. So you guys know, uh, go check it out. Um, so noticedacademy.com. How come you spell notice like that? Um, well, so visual uh, note-taking, like who is somebody that takes uh, notes? It's, 
noticed, right? So, oh. however, when it came time to like start finding uh, domain names, because the name of my, my company that I do design work out of an illustration is uh, Noticed, N-O-T-I-S-T. And the domain that I found is a Get Noticed. And I thought that was funny because so much of like marketing is about getting attention and awareness. And I think we'll notice, but it's like a fun play on words there. So I, I felt very, very clever that day whenever I came up with that domain name and it was available. And, uh, and actually. And I so, put it in the chat and it's just uh, G-E-T. N O T I S T. C. Okay, um, but okay. Uh, but first, uh, I am offering a, a special promo code, fifty percent off for anybody who uses Ignite to, to join the course. Just to say thank you for 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 coming. I really appreciate it. Uh, but uh, yeah, the the name of. Uh, my site, my other site is Get Noticed. And like most design websites, it's neglected. I very seldom go there to update things. So it's a little bit, it's not terribly outdated, but it's not super up to date either. But it, it serves its purpose. Uh, so the, it's a place for people to land. But the bet, and, and you have a newsletter. And so, how mm -hmm. often, if some, and I have it right here, the link is in the chat as well. So it, all of this will be mm. at the top of YouTube at everything. So if, um, is that the best way to keep up with you um, so that they at least get in, in an email from you? Or um, is it DMing you on Instagram? Is it, what's the best way for people to get in uh, touch? Uh, well, gosh, so the, the newsletter, um, it comes out uh, every two weeks. Okay. And that's that's really um, visual note-taking focus. So it's like highlighting people who are doing cool work out there. Um, in that space, um, it's maybe showing some new techniques as they come up, any kind of a, a events that are around the topic. So it's very uh, visual note-taking focused. And of course, you know, uh, always happy to, to get responses there, but like Instagram is where I live. So if anyone has any questions about anything, really, uh, Instagram is the best place to reach me, reach me um, at ARG Banks. And uh, yeah, yeah. But awesome. I'm, I'm, you know, for, I'm, I mean, I'm willing to talk about anything. So well, uh, and, be a message. and you helped me. So, but you spent how, so on a regular before the course, how often were you posting on Instagram? Like how? Ooh. Well, uh, so I was, I was really bad. I was really bad. I went on a, on a long Instagram hiatus uh, because I was treating my posts as too precious. Mm. I was getting it so much in my head that each post had to be something that I just wouldn't post at all. Uh, but then now that I've started to like switch gears and focus more on reels and post more often, now suddenly each post, uh, it's not that it's any worse. It's just less precious to me. And if, if I launch something or if I post something and nobody responds or, or engages or whatever, used to be like, that would be like, Ugh, I did this thing and I poured my heart and soul into it. Nobody cares. It's like, oh, I'm going to go go crawl away and not get on Instagram for a week or so. But now it's like, eh, you know, I posted it and nobody responded. It's like, well, I learned something that maybe this doesn't appeal to people. So great. I'm already five posts down the road in, the, in as many days. And I'm just like learning and posting and just trying to like share more of the process or like play with new tools to, to post stuff. Like right now, I feel like I'm working on my recipe book and trying to get 
better at making fun stuff faster and, and getting it on Instagram. And if it's really nice, then I might save it to my feed also. But I'm really focused now on like the, that short form content, making something fun and neat that can entertain somebody for like 15 seconds and then just get on with their life. Me I too, love, me included. So, so there, you were talking about when you got good at sketch noting or at visual note taking, the stakes were low. So you have mm-hmm. continued that. This is the way that you're getting better. And just like you did with the beginning with sketch noting, you were like, oh, I don't really like it's. I don't have enough space to write or so you're doing the same thing with these reels. Your cat's like, I'm, I've got to come in. Dad. Yes. Yes. Okay. So let me ask you just a few questions and we'll try to lightning round these um, sure. in the last five years. So, or maybe seven since you, or, well, let's just say five. So after you mm-hmm. got that first job, your cat's like, let talk to me. Artemis. Something. Well, let me, let me, hey, Artemis, you want to come here? Here. You can, is Artemis a boy or a girl? Girl. <gasps> oh, she's yeah, beautiful. Go, go see. Go see your friend. Go see. Oh, okay. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Here, take her out. Take her out. I'm trying to get the iPad. But not yet. It's like I need Kids the iPad, cats. Dad. Please. Kids and cats. My goodness. It's, okay, so you're like it's an hour. I'm sorry, Anthony, yes. I should have told you. Okay, so in five years, what processes or systems have you put in place that helped you grow as an illustrator? Because I do feel like like from the beginning, or a letterer, right? Any of those skills, because this is something you've been practicing. But mm-hmm. for, do you know in what you've done in the last five years that have helped you? Uh, yes. Uh, so I'd say maybe even about five years ago, I started to feel like I was in a funk. Right. Like I think if you're a creative professional, you, 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 there's that point in your career when you've been doing what other people pay you to do for, like, for so long that you start to forget why you even got into it in the first place. And you start to like not enjoy the design. You don't enjoy the lettering and everything because you're not working on stuff that necessarily makes you happy. Like it makes somebody else happy and it pays the bills and it's, it's, that's, which is all nice. But then the, the amount of time that you spend on your own personal stuff that like fills your bucket you just don't do. And so it was about five years ago, uh, I had to remind myself, it's like, hey, you didn't get into this oh. this profession to like lay out catalogs or to make, you know, wh- wh- whatever kind of like mundane design thing I've been asked to do that paid really well. It's like, okay, that's great. But I remember when I first started drawing, it was for nobody else than me. It was about for nobody else but me. It was on these things that I was interested in. It would make me smile. It would make me laugh. Mm. And that was basically its sole purpose was like entertain me. And I and I developed the skills to do that. So I just started spending more and more time uh, working on stuff that I wanted to do, uh, playing with new techniques. I'd say that that's been a huge thing, not just like keep me creatively recharged, but to also keep my work relevant. Um, because something I learned uh, as I was coming up, like I would uh, encounter these phenomenal artists, designers, but they, I feel like they had forgotten that they had mm. spent so much time working on other people's stuff. They, they, well, for example, one, um, who, who didn't practice anymore. It was because he, he was so busy working on other people's stuff that he's like, gosh, I'd really like to go and do some figure drawing. Or I'd really like to go do this and that, but I'm, that doesn't pay the bills, but he was, mm. he was not necessarily happy. 
either. And so I started to feel myself falling into that funk. So I just think once I started spending more time working on stuff that made me happy, what happened is that suddenly I was learning things that I could then apply to these other things I was doing, which then made them a little bit more rewarding than they were. And as I started to like play around and do these things that made me happy, it would make these other clients happy. Uh, potential clients would see that stuff and be like, huh, I want that too. So it would just became this virtuous cycle where I get to play on my own stuff, which then turns into other people's stuff eventually. And then I get to do more of the stuff that I enjoy. So that's part of the process, I guess. But it's making a priority, like you doing yes. this mm-hmm. and making a priority instead of going to do the gardening or the laundry, you're making a priority to do it and just to being a little uncomfortable, but maybe it's having the stakes low and then it's just for you. I love, love that. Mm -hmm. So since you are a lifelong learner, what in the last 30 days have you been learning or have you been learning anything or working on any new habits um, related to you being a solopreneur or related to you being an illustrator or designer? whatever. Uh, sure. So um, I think it's reels, definitely Instagram reels, um, because it was trying to figure out a way to work quickly and to make something fun and to not reinvent the wheel. So my my iPad has become my, I mean, it's been my buddy for a long time, but now we're, we're, we're like this. So um, using like like using apps like procreate to sketch stuff and then feeding it into um apps like luma fusion to do video editing and now combining it with apps like inshot and mojo to add more and more stickers and transitions and all these different things to make it fun so i can produce stuff that's fast and has just enough polish for me to feel comfortable putting it out there but without it being like this long time consuming process where i've got to feed it into like Premiere or After Effects or all these different things right. that are like they're they're great programs. They're super powerful, but they're also slow. Like you, you kind of they have so many options that you move slower. Versus these things is like, hey, we do a few things really well, and you can't tweak them too much. But if you're happy with what comes out of the box, that's great. And then it's just a way of like combining these different things in different ways. So I really enjoyed that process. Is trying to figure out real by real. Hey, what did I want to do? That was cool, but now when I was working on that, I realized that I I could try this too. But you know what? I'm going to post that tomorrow, and I'm going to do that the next day. So like each time I would make something, I learned something, and then I I experiment the next day with that. So that's basically what I'm doing right now. Just spending a lot of time uh, combining video and uh, illustration and little video graphic things that are pretty. Um, that I can do mobily, like anything that I'm trying to do now is like where I can be at a conference like Creative South or somewhere else and produce stuff and post it and not have to sit down in front of a computer and uh, and make it cool that way. Mm, I love that. So it made it faster, fun, stakes were low because this wasn't taking a whole bunch of time. Mm-hmm. Um, have you found that now I know you ha- um, like have you found that this stuff that you've been doing for seven years now, people, clients for your job, job for your design job, do they see, they're like, Oh, we want, we want this, that you're doing more and more of that kind of Anthony's fun stuff for your job, job. Yes. Yes, absolutely. In fact, um, the, the job that I have now, 
that was one of the big draws. Like whenever we start, first started talking to each other is they had seen my portfolio. They hadn't seen any of my design stuff, really. They had just seen my illustrations. And they're like, provided this guy can design his way out of a paper bag, we want to we want to find this person who can do this. And so uh, they're just like, they're looking for uh, excuses for me to do it anymore. It's like, hey, make it fun for you. How would you do this in a way that was fun? And I think part of that is just uh, because of over time building up the body of work where I've shown people the potential of it. And now they're like, Ooh, that that's exciting. That, that uh, makes me want to want to work with you and feed you stuff because they feel like they're, they're probably getting the most bang out of their buck when I'm doing these things, whether it's a, uh, like recruiting for a new role. Like if you go on, like, let's say for example, LinkedIn and you're posting a job posting, what does that normally, normally look like? It's like a stock photo with a kind of a stock, stock description, and so um, I've done some of those where they're like little little illustrations with like a little bit of animation. And it's it just jumps out because it's so odd to run across something like that as you're uh, scrolling through yeah. LinkedIn that's immediately more impactful and effective. So it's not just that it looks better. It actually gets a lot of attention and a lot of shares and those types of things. So I think just being able to show the value that it has beyond mm. just uh, just looking nice. I love that. It performs well. Okay. So mm-hmm. um, what is next for you for like in either in relation to the course or relation to the next course or. Hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I feel like I I'm still at the, at the beginning stages, like getting this thing promoted and spending the the time to, to really dial that in so that I am able to promote it. Cause it is, like you said, it's a marathon. So I need to f- figure out ways to keep, putting it out there while at the same time, not feeling like I'm, I'm being too salesy um, and getting in, then getting feedback from the students. Cause like I said, it just launched. So once I start getting more and more feedback from the students, then that will inform me either updating the course, probably there'll be some of, of that, but then what is the next course? Is there any interest in some of these other things? Like right now, I feel like I can make a course about making a course. Uh, because I had to learn so much to do that. And it's still, still so fresh in my brain. Um, so yeah, so there's, so there's that. Um, but yeah, right now it's, it's, it's playing. Like I'm, I'm playing a lot with, uh, with Instagram and like the different apps just to like make cool content um, because, because I enjoy it. It's fun. It's like a playground. So that, that's where I am right now. That's definitely what has my, my attention for the next I don't know, probably like the next three months. So, yeah. So like, this is something you're going to be doing through August, through summer. This is mm-hmm. like, it would be great for people to jump on and do this. They could learn mm-hmm. something new and be able to take notes doing it. The uh, Maura says she signed up. Sweet. Maura, me too. Hey, <laughs> thank you. We can be accountable together on it. I just want to make sure everybody knows you can follow Anthony at ARGBanks. Um, at Instagram. So Instagram.com slash ARG banks. All these are going to be down below. The course is noticed in OTIST academy.com. And then Anthony's website is get noticed the weird spelling of notice. Maybe that's not weird spelling, but I don't know. It's like, I guess I'm thinking of it noticed in OTICE, you know, but it's noticed like you were saying in note. Anyway, and then the MailChimp thing, I can't write, I can't say, because it's a whole bunch of numbers and things and letters that, you know, I can't pronounce that. So it's the link. If you want to get on Anthony's 
email list and be the first to hear about new things and new tools and new the next course or anything else that he updates or things that other people have said, this would be a great way to do it. I can't wait to dig in also. And just so, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Anthony. I appreciate you doing this with me and on a Saturday. And I appreciate everybody coming today to do a Saturday. And I appreciate your kids not being able to play with their iPad for just a little bit. But thank you for doing this. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for helping me also um, help my friend that's trying to launch a course too. So I just appreciate you being my friend. Oh, gosh. Well, thank you so much, Diane. I mean, it's always a pleasure to hang out with you. And I thank you so much for for arranging this and uh, and for everybody who showed up today. And I mean, I, I just really appreciate it. And uh, it's been great. And yeah, please, please reach out to me if you have any questions or you just want to shoot the poop on Instagram, I'd be happy to talk to you. Awesome. Well, and just so you guys know, I'm going to do a weird summer thing. So we're not doing camp this year. And this is this episode today with Anthony marks 10 years as that I've been doing the podcast or the whatever web show, whatever I've called it all these different years. Um, But I am very thankful. So I am taking 10 weeks off from live things like this. I am going to try and do some fun things like Anthony's talking about. I don't have as many cool cameras like Anthony, but I'm going to do some things where I'm uh, publishing them out to at least YouTube. I'm not sure if I'll end up making them into podcasts or not, but if you're listening, just know August 17th, I'm coming back normal live Wednesdays. It'll be the same. Hopefully there's not crickets when I come back. Hopefully Paul and Amy and Brian and Maura and everybody else will come back. Um, uh, and my mom, hopefully. Uh, but anyway, so hopefully people come back and we, we're just taking the summer off. So 10 weeks is what I'm taking off to do this other thing, just because I need to play and force myself. So if I do not post one thing and you do not see one thing, you guys can be like, we're not showing up on Wednesday, August 17th, Diane, because you lied. So hopefully that'll be enough of um, the pressure to do that. But I am I am trying to play and draw more and get better at making, just pouring into getting better at making, making messes, obviously, first. We get bloody in the beginning, right? Right? Maybe Anthony didn't get bloody at all when he was, a little bit. you know, doing his. But I think that there's a lot of mental stuff. I don't even know if I'll be done for in, in 10 weeks with the mental work. Cause it took Anthony three years. It's taken me a long time. I have a lot of old soundtracks in my head. So, but I'm excited to challenge myself and try and yeah, paper cut says, right. So, but this, I definitely need your help in being accountable. Y'all help. So I appreciate it. But Anthony, thank you so much for being willing to do a Saturday show for my 10 year. And thank you everybody who showed up and who listened or who are watching on YouTube 10 years. Hopefully um, you have had fun with me along this time. And I'm really excited to see what the next 10 years, my mom's probably going to be like, what we're going to do it for another 10 years, Diane. I'm not going to be around. Um, My mom turns 80 this year. I mean, I hope she's around, but who knows, you know, uh, but hopefully, uh, but she may just not want to watch uh, videos on Zoom or something anymore. Anyway, 
that got real morbid there at the end. Hmm, maybe we can cut that out. Um, <laughs> but it's just life. Anyway, I am excited to take time off. I'm super nervous, actually. So maybe like when Mario was like, hey, buddy, let's get going. You got a year, you know, or whatever. Like it's there's pressure, but it's finally you have somebody else that's forcing you to do that. Anyway, Anthony, thank you. I hope that your course is amazing. Um, the launch, I know the course is amazing, but I hope that if there's anything I can do to help, you just ask and I'm happy to do it. So thank you guys thank for you so all much. coming and I'm going to hit stop. <laughs>